Yo, 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 what's up everybody? So today is uh, December, I think the 2nd, 2021, it's about 6.30 in the morning, heading to work. Uh, so yeah, let's get this podcast going too, since I'm going to be busy later this month. I might as well just rapid fire off a couple of episodes, you know, while I can, as I floss my teeth here. Uh, but we're going to talk a little bit about uh, Ghostbusters, Afterlife, and Narcos Season 3, the Mexican version. The Ma- the Mexican Narcos, not the Colombian. But uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's get into it. So make sure you follow me on Instagram, TikTok, or Twitter. Uh, it's the same name as this podcast, The D is Silent, in... I know the spelling is fucked up, but it's whatever, man. Uh, but any, any who, anyhow. Uh, wow, there's no traffic today. So I'm, I'm making a good pace to work. Any, anyhow. Uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife. I seen it like, I think it's like now when it came out. What did it come out like a little bit before Thanksgiving? I seen it. Uh, I liked it. I, I really, I really enjoyed it. I kind of felt that this was uh, the passing of the torch. Um, and I know that other Ghostbusters with the girls. I like that too. I don't. I. I mean, I don't know why Hollywood or most of the fans dogged it before it even came out, and then dogged it when it came out. I thought it was actually pretty good. Like, you know kind of a pretty good movie so i would like to see them back but this ghostbusters afterlife to completely scrap that idea maybe you know i don't know if you know Ackroyd and you know hudson and and murray and maybe even ramus team kind of felt like they weren't going to touch that the the girl the girl ones again but Ghostbuster Afterlife to me is kind of like it's made for the adult crowd, you know, like myself. Like I grew up watching Ghostbusters. I, you know, I'm a big fan of Ghostbuster. One of my favorite movies of all time. Probably in my top twenty movies. As a matter of fact, might be even in the top ten. I mean, I'll, maybe I'm gonna do a top ten movie movies, but that's that's gonna be so biased because Marvel is gonna be packed up in there. Infinity War and Endgame are like they take two of the ten spots, so it's not it wouldn't do justice. And I mean, I mean, there's so many movies to pick from. You know, I just watched Rush Hour two the other day. And again, I you know, I was, I was just out there just saying uh, Chris Tucker lines for like a whole week. Cheesus, how cheap? Cheesu, cheap as hell. Cheesu, cheesu. You know, I, I don't know. I was just doing that. Uh, but Ghostbusters 1 and Ghostbusters 2 uh, Some of my favorite movies I mean who didn't want a proton pack Who didn't want a fucking You know the jumpsuits were Were ill man I mean So I So you know Ghostbusters Afterlife comes out And it's You get the same sort of coolness about it uh, I think The big difference In this movie versus the old ones they, This one is set out in they make it seem I don't know is it Somerville or some Someville like make it seem like it's in the middle of Colorado or Kansas and it's actually in Canada but that's not where the movie's supposedly based in it's supposed to be based in like I don't know like Kansas or, or Dakota I don't know exactly I don't I think they talk about it but slightly it's one of those things that Hollywood tricks you into believing like it's filmed somewhere and it's not um but besides, I mean, that's not, that's, that's not even, you know, that's nothing. That's just, anyways, uh, the movie kicks off. You, you get your first inclination of where they're going because it says Evil Shandor, Evil Shandor Mining. So apparently that's why I told my girlfriend, I was like, you know, he's the guy who built that building in the first one. Like, so I kind of knew that they were going with the Gozer vibe and you know 
So I, but I didn't know that. I mean, I kind of had a feeling. So I was like, kind of wondering how they were gonna incorporate. Uh, <clears throat> anyways. Uh, overall, the 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 movie is good. This is to me. This is kind of like a Ghostbusters one redone up in new times and redone with a, a story that ties into Ghostbuster one. There's a lot of Easter eggs throughout the movie. You know, the proton packs. Obviously, Harold Ramis is no longer with us in real life. And you only got uh, Aykroyd, Murray, and, and Hudson there. Uh, in in real life. But actually, let me see. Hold on. Let me get over here. Where is the fucking cast, dog? Actually, this isn't the wrong Ghostbusters. <laughs> Ghostbusters 2016 film. I'm not, not going to pull it up. I'm wasting time. But anyways, yeah, so... They got the, they got most of the OG cast, but obviously, like I said, Harold Ramis is dead. But they turned him into a ghost, which is rather interesting, um, because a Ghostbuster bust ghost. So I'm maybe, but he's a good ghost, like kind of like Slimer, like he ends up just kicking it with the Busters at the end. They don't give him no lines though. Obviously, you can't give him any lines. But you know. To me, this was like, okay, they're grandkids. And actually, it's just... It's just, uh... Spangler's... Uh, grand... Granddaughter. I'm almost positive. I mean... Uh... She's funny, man. Uh... The movie is funny, too. I mean, the movie... Uh, spared no expenses in writing jokes in... And, and, they, and they caught it in a, in a modern vibe as well Because there's a little kid making a podcast And um, it just it just kind of, to me, it's kind of like It was done up really well And I kind of feel like they're going to try to I feel like they're going to try to make a couple of movies out of this Try to, you know, get the franchise going um, and that's really what every studio is looking for now. Something that they can make four or five movies and continue to roll the ball. Like the Fast and Furious, you know, Harry Potter style, obviously Marvel. DC's trying it. Obviously, the Godzilla and Legendary and Warner Brothers are trying it. Uh, because of people, that's just what people want right now. They don't like these one-offs. They, they like the story to continue and where it could go. You know, that didn't work in the past, like, with Jason and, like, Freddy Cougar. But, I mean, Halloween is still going. I mean, and every studio is kind of looking for it. I mean, I guess back in the olden days, like, even a trilogy was kind of, like, a long stretch of an idea. But right now, it's a trilogy is just... That's just act one. So, I think they're trying to set up... And they got the characters young enough to where I feel like if they get a trilogy... And maybe a spin-off or two. Like, let's say they get, like, four to five movies. These characters in the, and the actors are young enough so that way they can, you know, like, build themselves up into, like, not, they're not, obviously they're going to be, like, 30 or 40 when the original Ghostbusters that age, but maybe into their 20s and build up. A lot of young kids went to go see it. This movie is made for a younger crowd audience. And I honestly, I see that as a huge potential because I remember as a kid, I, I shit, I wanted a proton pack. I wanted a, to bust ghosts. That's just something I wanted to do. And I kind of feel like they knew what they were doing when they did it. Like, they were like, okay, we're going to get some younger kids involved. You know, it won't be so adult themed. But, you know, and then they had the little, the mini Stay Puffs. Uh, so it was geared for like a younger crowd and I think they're, they try to ram, wrangle them up, wrangle up the parents and, you know, build on, build off a good base there to push the, the franchise 
out a couple of movies. I, I think they're gonna give me at least three a trilogy out of it. Um, I was kind of disappointed in, in the inside the movie itself that they didn't leave, you know, uh, <clears throat> a, a door for them. But you know, if you watch the end credits. Uh, they're back in New York and they kind of feel like they're going to pick up where the first one left off. You know, when not necessarily the first one, but yeah, it kind of would be where the or the second one were left off. In the fact that they trapped a lot of ghosts and again, the the grid is uh, becoming overloaded or it's running out of you know running out of containment energy it's kind of what it seemed like uh, if you remember in the first one they did, oh, I don't know if it was the first or second one they demanded the Ghostbusters shut down the grid and they said you don't know why to shut down the grid well this one looks like the grid is now blinking red as if the grid is now expiring because <clears throat> they said in the movie they, they turned it into a Starbucks and this and that but Obviously, that wasn't the case. So we'll see what happens. If they get, they're gonna get a part two, definitely. I think this one. I don't know if it did well enough financial wise, but I think it did well enough audience wise to warrant a second movie. And as they build a world around it, I, I think you know they'll probably hopefully get a couple of movies out of it, which would be awesome for Ghostbuster fans worldwide. And uh. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> the OG Ghostbusters come in to kick Gozer's ass again. Gozer's now trapped. Uh, Ramus is a uh, Spangler is a ghost, and I like that. I like that they, you know, they threw in some things again. Gozer asked uh, Ray if he's a god, and they're, you know, he didn't make the same mistake he made the first time. When she asked him, are you a god? And he said, they said, come on, Ray. You got this. They said, yes. And she didn't do anything. And they just blasted her with the... They tried crossing the streams with three guns, but it didn't work. It wasn't strong enough. Um, and it actually took five of them to do it. it. Took a whole team to take down Gozer by herself. Uh, which was cool. Again... Uh, Hal Ramis is obviously dead in real life, so but he comes in as a ghost to help the Ghostbusters beat Gozer. That was his like dying, um, not his dying cause, but his like that's what he was he was trying to stop Gozer from coming back and and stop Shandor Zebra's plans from happening, and he died doing so. Um, but yeah, I mean that. The movie overall, it's it to me, it's they did a fantastic. They got the kid from Stranger Things, uh, so you got a little bit of ghost experience there, you know. And they set up a new a new team. They're young kids. Maybe they won't get movies per se, but I do believe that they're gonna get. They should be able to get those kids for a couple of movies, and also maybe not a movie, but maybe some side quests on like. Um, HBO Max, or I don't know where, who who produced Ghostbusters, but they can do they can do tons of side missions uh, and have a little series like how Disney Plus is doing, how HBO Max is doing, rebooting some of these franchises or getting some of these franchises to get like Willow's coming back, um, and have them maybe have a little series like a little uh, six part series, you know, fighting some ghosts, you know, training how to how to become. Fixing up the Ecto One, you know. There's a lot of different routes I think they could go, and I kind of, I'm kind of hoping that that's what they do. Uh, but the movie was overall good. I give it two thumbs up. I'd probably give it like about a, an eight out of a ten. I give it an eight. It, I, I would give it a seven, but I actually think they did. They did well, well enough to warrant an eight. I, I kind of feel. The only thing that I really wish that they did different in this movie was that if it was based in New York, like this should have been based in New York. But I understand why they they didn't because the story wouldn't have made any sense. Uh, 
Egon took off way out there to go uh, stop Shandor and his mining company. And obviously, there is no mining company in downtown New York. And obviously, they made it make sense, like, why he got off in the movie. And obviously, that's why in real, not in real life, but, I mean, he got he got off. He got knocked off because he was by himself. Uh, everybody said he was an asshole and this and that. And he didn't care and he yelled people money. And literally, that was, you know, he was trying to. Nobody believed him. Ghostbusting was done. They got sued like crazy. Um, you know, so I understand. So I get it. Like that makes a lot of sense. And then at the on the very, you know, Dana Barrett's back. So it's kind of cool to see all of that. Like I, I just kind of feel like, and they did that a little bit with the other Ghostbusters too. The answer the call. I just don't know why it didn't really click with fans, but whatever. Uh, but I think this one did. I think this one did. I think a lot of people liked it. I don't hear nothing bad about it. When I went to go watch in the movie theater, there was a lot of kids and everybody was kind of laughing during it. So it's pretty cool. And then they made the Stay Puff really small. Like they have him. So I can see that being a theme too going forward. And him being their little mascot, uh, which is phenomenal because the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man was always a mascot with Slimer. I mean... They've got some good mascots in Ghostbusters, so. With that said, we're gonna get we're gonna talk about Narco season three when I get off of work, and then uh, I'll get this posted up as well. So, hang tight, y'all. Hey, what's up, everybody? So I'm back. So let's finish up talking about Ghostbusters. Heading home from work now, you know. Uh, let's wrap up Ghostbusters real quick before I jump to Narcos season three so my final thoughts about the ghostbusters if you haven't watched it i would watch it definitely really good um especially the little nods to the old movies um and i kind of feel like they they left it for a part two not directly in the movie you have to stay way at the end of the credits excuse me and uh yeah i think the that guy the, i think they got a good core group of kids to build and have fun with the franchise with over the next couple years um and it's so sad that you know there's only three remaining OG Ghostbusters left and you know Harold isn't here to be a part of it but this is I think this was a good handoff you know and I thought the other one was okay too like I said I, I don't you know I sometimes I watch movies and like people dog them and I'm like it wasn't that bad other times I watch movies and people love it and I was like well I didn't really like it like I didn't really like the Dark Knight Rises you know the Dark Knight trilogy I could get into that more in detail but I thought the one with him and Bane was probably the best one and then like the Joker one wasn't that good and then the one before that with the Scarecrow guy and you know wasn't that that was even worse that was that's almost unwatchable The Dark Knight Rises to me is almost borderline it's almost unwatchable to be honest with you people made so much about that movie and I just don't get it but I mean that's, that's just me I, I'm a I'm a through and through DC hater. Don't don't kid yourself there. But I thought the one with Bane was decent. I thought that one was a really was a better Batman movie. Uh, but then again, you know I don't know. People don't talk about that one either. They think the first two are good, and the third one was kind of like they rushed it. And I'm like, uh, no. <sighs> Anyways. Yeah, the other Ghostbuster movies, uh, Answer the Call or whatever it was, wasn't a bad movie. I actually enjoyed it. I wish they would have marched on with it anyways. But this one, uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife, to me, was a really good movie as well. I think they did... What I think they did do versus the other one is this one was... You already know the lore of Ghostbusters. You already are well acquainted with it what they've added was a lot of little elements like the little go-kart trap ghost trap that added the little sideways seat 
they added um, a lot of young to it. It's more geared for the kids. The, the small state puffed men. They they kind of, and that goes back all the way to like Groot. You know, baby Groot. But I think that kind of resonates. I think people like seeing those little characters like, uh, like Grogu, and now you get the little small state puffed. And I just kind of feel like that's what people want to see. And I kind of... I, I enjoyed it myself. I like I liked the little staple. I wish they didn't kill them. But that was kind of cool, too. That they were getting chopped up. They were getting ran over by the... They could, have, they could have explored that whole Walmart scene in Ghostbusters. They could have done that Walmart scene for, like, a whole 30 minutes. I would have enjoyed that the chaos and that's what I think Ghostbusters has now done for themselves they've set up that perhaps there's gonna be so many bad Stay Puft men but there's gonna be like four or five good ones and they'll have little Stay Puft buddies um along the way and I think that's kind of what I can envision them having and I think they can do um you know they can they can probably do like how the Stave Puff man how they ran around because they don't show you how they ran around they just show you them moving around in Walmart they didn't show you how they got all the way to that guy's house to um, Spangler's house so it'll be really interesting to see what they do with it or hopefully they continue it hopefully they like I said they turn it into a couple of movie project at least a trilogy out of it and then maybe get a like a spin off series on uh, HBO Max or what have you. And, uh, yeah, I would really like for them to continue on with the Ghostbusters. Um, I thought everything they did was phenomenal. Um, they've got an amazing core group of kids. And I hopefully they take those kids somehow. It's going to be a dog. A dog fucking fight. To somehow write them to get back to New York. All of them. Because the girl lives there. The two kids. Uh, to The two grandkids are. Well they they got evicted. So they don't have no money. So I don't know how they're going to get to New York. And then the other. The podcast kid. Uh, he lives in whatever village it was. Somerville. Or I think it's what it was called. So there's two kids that are live there. How would they get to New York? Um, aside from staying in the office, they could just write it in like, oh, well, they have to go to New York to bust ghosts. There has to be a logical, tangi- tangible reason, and like they have to build maybe their family. And it's, a, it's like I said, it's a dog fight to get them there because they're traveling. What makes it seem like cross country? Uh, that town was poor. They had been there the whole life. Not really know their kids how they're gonna get to New York, so hopefully they take it back to the NY. I, that's what I kind of want, and and I kind of feel like hopefully, and I think they're going. I think they're going to. So we'll see. We shall see if there's another Ghostbusters. I hopefully it does well in the movie theaters. I think I, when I went to the movie theaters, people enjoyed it. So I, hopefully it does well. You know, who knows? But hopefully it does well. Moving on from that, Narcos season three uh, was a gem. That I people had been dogging Netflix for pulling the plug on a lot of shows after three seasons. This is now Narcos's sixth season that just wrapped up, and I tell you what, I can't get enough of the fucking cartels and everybody, Amado. Amado Carrillo and uh, Benjamin Ariano and El Chapo, El Chapito, and and all the all the lot of them, Don Neto, Palma Güero, You know, there's a lot. Of, they had a lot. You know, Miguel Angel Feliz Gallardo. You know, I you know, I just can't get enough of it. The story, you know what? The cartel story is so. I don't even know how to say it. it's so over the top. It's so wild. You would not believe. 
you know, we live here in the United States. I'm I live in the United States. I live in California. It just it's something else. It just really something else. That I could travel just a few hours down the I-15 and the I-5. And I literally could be in Mexico and Tijuana in three hours. Two hours, even. And on that other side of the border, that there's these cartels that has that were... Had so much power. So that they beat back the DEA, the United States government, the Mexican government, perhaps even global agent, agencies... And, you know, it's just so wild. Like, it's just, but I, you know, I I don't know. Like, okay. So I had this conversation. Eventually, the the Mexican cartels were slanging weed. And I don't think the weed ever stopped. And they grew to such massive operations to where... The weed was like that was as far as it could take them, and then they started dabbling in cocaine with the NAFTA trade and taking effect, the North American Free Trade Alliance or whatever. And they started moving cocaine and they started moving real weight, and I think they stayed moving marijuana. I'm not a hundred percent sure that they gave or ever stopped moving marijuana. And it's just so crazy that they got to be so big. You got to imagine Miguel Angel, when he was in charge of things, he would probably was raking in billions if upon billions of dollars. Yearly. Monthly, maybe even. And at one point, he tried punking the Cuban uh, cartels. And say, look, you're not going to pay me in cash. Pay me in Coke and I'm going to sell it and do what I want with it. Effectively cutting off the money supply going back to them. And that was what he thought he was going to do. And for a while he was doing it. And then they voted against it. Keep in mind, we're not talking about a couple of hundred millions of dollars. We're not even talking a half of billion we're talking billions Miguel I mean they're I mean the wealth of these cartels is insane and this was happening 20 years ago mind you the, uh, the wealth is insane the wealth of the cartels is absolutely insane Pablo Escobar wanted to pay off the the Colombian I don't know if I said the Cuban cartels, but it's the Colombians. Pablo Escobar wanted to pay off the Colombian government's national debt. And I don't think he was joking. I think he had the cash to do it on the spot. And I think the Colombian government actually should have took the offer. It's, you know... You could say to yourself, no, the drug money is so dirty. But if you have a chance to pay off national debt, I mean, they could have just taken his money and then forced him to stop. And say, you know what? That's it. You're done. Your job is done. No more cocaine flows out of uh, Colombia. They should have done it. They said they their national debt, and I think their national debt is still what it is. I mean, I don't know. I don't see anybody's debt going down. Uh, the American people. I mean, and then here's another thing. Cocaine is just one of many drugs. You got you know I don't know. There's there's shrooms. There's acid. There's LSD. Coke, there's marijuana, you know, alcohol, cigarettes, uh, heroin, fucking, um, now there's, you know, like Molly and fucking Xanax and Vicodin and, and meth and, and, uh, but I'm not exactly sure. And in in the seventies when this shit was popping and in the eighties when this shit was even popping more still, 
I mean, I just don't understand how much cocaine a motherfucker was shoving up his nose. Like, like, I don't get it. It's so, it's so, we're not talking about, oh, Johnny did one little line in, in, in Janice did one little line and, and. That was their extent. I mean, we're talking, they were snorting shovelfuls of this cocaine up their nose. I don't know about you guys, but I, I, I've, through my life, I've come across people that have done coke here and there. And like, I think I know like one person that does coke. I don't know them, but I know of them. But I mean, you would. I mean, this is... It was, like, so rampant and so... Fucking... I don't even want to say it. I mean, every, it made, they make it seem like everybody was shoveling... Spoonfuls of coke up their nose. They were just shoveling it up there. And I'm sure the, the rich and famous people got it. But I'm like... It's like was an everybody thing. You know, the crack ep- epidemic as well. Like, I, I mean, they cut it and they cook it. Like, it's just to me, it's so crazy that it's it's that, that wildly, you know, spread around. And it, to me, it's just so wild. Like, the numbers are staggering. The, the numbers just bog- boggle the mind. They, they can't comprehend it. It's beyond comprehension. And you gotta think, cocaine comes from natural resources, okay? It's just wild to me that that product was produced and and just shipped over to the United States and people were just shoveling it and there's so much money involved and you would be just fucking hard-pressed to believe, like, who didn't do coke? I mean, I look at my parents and I look at my aunts and uncles and I look at just the older generation that's above me. And I'm like, damn, all of you were cokeheads or smoking, well, for sure smoking weed, but fucking everybody was on coke. Everybody was coked out. Like, it's just wild. To me, it's just the, the, it's just a wild prospect. And with all that said, you know, the Mexican, like I said, that a lot of, Narco season three takes place in Tijuana with the battle between Sinaloa and Tijuana and like a full scale tilt. Uh, Benjamin Ariano and Ramon Ariano are were just have it out for Chapo in Sinaloa. And actually Sinaloa it's crazy to think that Sinaloa somehow survived uh, when they were not, they were on their ropes, you know, in this season, they're on the ropes, and now, and now Chapo, uh, you know, he became at the end of the season of Narco season three, Chapo becomes top dog Sinaloa man, and he's the shot caller, and he, and if you, it, it's so interesting Chapo's story because. Even though Narcos is focuses on all of the, the Narcos, Chapo has been there since I think season one, and it's crazy to see his ascension from just being a fucking a fucking a guy driving the car for another guy to being the top dog and to being elevated to being the man and then if you know Chapo's probably the number one drug lord cartel name in the news now like you know with his wife just getting a couple years for supposedly knowing about his drug affairs and he himself has broken out of jails and I mean Chapo's a wild man Chapo is a wild wild man and let me tell you this I now firmly believe that we don't have El Chapo He's not in New York on Rikers Island or wherever the fuck you may think he is. We don't have him. I almost guarantee for a fact we don't have that man. 
the United States is beyond moronic when it comes to that the the road for escape has been laid out and if you believe like I believe now about what happened to the Señor de los Cielos you I know Chapo I I know these motherfuckers are out they're gone they're out in the wind they've stashed out a couple of billion dollars under na- different names and they're just gone uh, they needed a body they needed somebody to do the time so they got a body and somebody to do the time and it's just people but you know El Señor de los Cielos gotta be my, one of my more favorite characters of the whole show Amado Carrillo is probably one of my I didn't know his story but he's, his story has been good ever since he dawned and even in the in the Narcos the Colombian version uh Amado is probably one of the... He's probably... He did a lot of things with class. And he did a lot of things the right way. And, you know, his story is he fell in love with a Cuban woman. A beautiful Cuban woman, I might add. And then his dastardly plan. I mean, the the plan, his plan is so fucking wild. Again, it's beyond comprehension. Now, mind you, this is even before... Fucking people even... I mean, the ideas had not been born yet. Uh, to now, it seems like a great idea. And, and now, like, I think a lot of people try to are attempting it. But to do attempt it to be the first one... The balls on fucking Amalo are just fucking... They're swinging, man. They're, he's got some fucking balls like you would not believe. To come up with the plan, you know what? I'm gonna get out before anybody fucking even realizes I'm getting out. Fucking cut ties with this government. Go sign up for a surgery, a plastic surgery, to change his face. And and then when it seemed, I know they're saying that he died. People believe he died, but I don't believe he died. No fucking way. And after doing some... Re- if you look at the evidence of his death, there is no evidence of his death. He did not fucking die. The plan worked. And who the fuck knows where he's at this to this day? Uh, it's, it's a wild prospect. Fucking wild. To believe that he changed his face or perhaps changed his looks somehow basically put a new face on the man flies away the doctors then say he died the police are left dumbfounded for a moment meanwhile he dips out his people then come and kill the doctor so no fucking trace can be linked back to him and he's out Gone in the fucking wind, never to be seen again. He knew what he was doing. Chapo heard about it. Said, "Yeah, that was a fucking that some some strange shit happened with Amado, and he's fucking right because that strange shit, I believe, led him to victory. Led him to victory. Amado's body was never is not fucking found. They don't know where it's at." The doctors are fucking in barrels thousands of miles away. Nobody's looking for him anymore. Nobody knows what he looks like. And what can you say? Even if he didn't die, even if he didn't change his face. He faked his own death regardless and got away. Either... No, the only... There's only three possibilities for Amado. And you take which one... Either he faked his death, got away scot-free, and I think it was possible for him to shave up, uh, uh, to put on a baseball cap, cut his face, and I think that is the most likely. I don't know if how much plastic surgery can be done. I think maybe they changed his nose. It could have changed his jaw. Easy. You're not going to die from that. And he's gone. Or he just faked his death, you know, and he's gone. Perhaps, maybe he did die. 
Maybe. I, I give that about a less than 5% chance of actually happening because this plan was so well thought up of that nobody knows what happened to him. The plan was executed to the T. The man was fucking... He dotted all his I's, crossed all his T's, fucking said three Hail Marys and fucking got on. He got on everybody. The motherfucker got on everybody. You know, and he was moving weight like nobody's business, man. He tricked the entire United States. He fooled everybody. That man's story is legendary. I mean, it's so crazy to me that, like, I I never even, you know, now that I'm older, I don't know the whole history of the narcos in Mexico. But now that I know, I got a good piece of it, a good. Now I can build off of it as the years go on. I mean, I just cannot believe Amado Carrillo's fucking balls. That man's got some fucking balls. Crazy as fuck, man. Chapo, another one. Ahead of his time, man. Way ahead of his time. He pulls up on Benjamin's fucking birthday or his wife's birthday party when he's 40 or whatever. Dressed as cops. They let them into the party. And he shoots them up. Killing Edenina's uh, husband. The process. Benjamin and Ramon are out for blood against Chapito. But Chapo is fucking... A fucking another one. Uh, calling all the shots. And, and... You know... Taking the reins from prison. Insanity. Insanity. All, a lot of this is going on in Tijuana right down the road. Now, mind you... I know the the American media wants to say that oh the fucking drug lords of Mexico are always cutting each other up and and doing some crazy shit. Yeah, that is true, but we have the same shit. There's the same gang violence going on here in the United States. There's gang gang violence literally every day. We just don't you just don't see it. A lot of gang violence isn't reported. Uh. Because nobody wants to cough up the truth. Now it is not as heavy as it once was. I think probably in the when I was born in the eighties, early nineties, that's when the shit was hot. Because as you as you well know, the Mexicans and the cartels and the narcos probably had an iron grip on money, and and the gangsters that were in these days. And it's just so crazy that I can I can connect the dots because I grew up. With there being a lot of like gang members and a lot of cholos and a lot of you know I grew up in that era everybody was a cholo for a, mo- a moment there my neighbor Marty he's a, an ex cholo and you know it's just like you know, some of my uncles are cholo or old school cholos too dabbling in you know a lot of this madre and you know and it's just so crazy to see that I knew some of them. And then the next step up was the narcos and just seeing that could be like, oh, okay, this it makes a lot of sense now. As the coke has subsided, the coke use in the United States has subsided, there's still a lot of gang violence for the meth and, and the couple of kilos that do come in. You know. And they're still they're still running coke in here and they're still running Weed has taken a hit because now it's legal and I think I think overall I've had this I've had this theory. The Mexican cartels are now situating themselves in such a fashion that they're just waiting for the United States to get the green light to legalize marijuana because I think Mex the Mexican government has if it's not already legalized, it's on the cusp of being legalized nationally in Mexico. Meaning the cartels that run the drugs already with their current organizations can now legally produce marijuana and eventually, hopefully in the next couple of years, legally sell it here in the United States, producing such quantities and qualities like the Corona beer and setting up a giant. I mean, Mexico can come up like that. Mexico needs uh, national products to sell it can't all just be tequila and beer 
Uh, it can be weed. It can be other things. Um, you know. And to me, that, that I think I just see that road coming up, and perhaps, you know. Uh, perhaps you know in the future Mexico will elevate itself to be on the same level as the United States is you know that I can't see because as the world the world is turning in favor of legal weed throughout a lot of you know Amsterdam you know the United once the United States goes gives a thumbs up for weed a lot of European nations Canada's already legal a lot of southern american nations uh you would assume a lot of nations you know like russia and china will be legalized as well and that'll just the money will be flowing into mexico left and right and it won't have to have such a negative context as a cartel like cocaine will always be illegal there will always be an organization to do it but i think the main cartels that exist probably have a, an iron chokehold on the marijuana business and not let so much bad shit happen and seeing as it'll be legalized uh, legal money is not, you don't need to wash it you can cut out so many people and you can do things the right way and I think that's just what this narco is, is telling me is that maybe Chapo had to go or maybe he's done, he's the last one you know, it's going to calm down here. And, you know, it's just so fascinating. It's so fascinating. If you haven't seen Narcos Season 3, Season 2, or 1, I mean, I highly recommend it. Yes, it's in Spanish, yes. But it's like they do like a quarter in English. Maybe even a third. Now, actors are great, man. I, I think, hopefully... We get another season of Narcos. I, I think they kind of they, they kind of need like one or two more seasons, of perhaps the Colombian Narcos or maybe the Mexican Narcos, or maybe they'll switch gears and to get into Afghanistan because once we started fucking with Afghanistan for the last twenty years, heroin has been a number one import as well. That comes from that region of the world. So maybe that Narcos in Afghanistan will come into play here shortly. But it's it's crazy, man. It's just crazy. Um, you know, absolutely crazy. You can't believe it. You know, and I, again, if you if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it, man. Uh, currently, I'm watching Stone Ocean, which I have not finished, and I'm also watching Arcane, which I have not finished. So those will probably be reviewed next. Uh, Christmas is coming up very quick, so I'm gonna try to fire off a few, few more podcasts as they come. The Raiders play soon. Um, you know, I, go Raiders! We beat Dallas on Thanksgiving. I don't know if you guys seen that. We talk about that for a quick moment. I was down and out. I was ready to throw in the towel on the Raiders, um, and I kind of still feel that we're just the middle of the road average team. I don't really know. People are saying we're gonna get ten wins. I don't know. I don't know. It's only four more wins. We got, I think we got like eight games to go. Or six games to go. I mean, I don't know how many games we got fucking left. But all of them are hard games. Don't, get, don't kid yourself. We don't got no gimme games down the road. We're not playing the Jets. We're not playing the Lions. We're not playing Jacksonville. Like, bam, bam, bam. Where we could probably knock off three wins and get us to nine and five. No. We have the Washington team, who defensively is good, and I think they've have their quarterback in uh, whatever that guy's name is, Heineke. We play the Almighty Chiefs. We play the Almighty Chargers. We play the Broncos. Three division games left. We play the Colts, who are on a tear, and we play the Brownies. Like no, like uh, we'd have to win. You see, you can't even get to eight wins and be eight and eight no more and have a 500 season because now that is out the loop now. You either finish nine and eight, eight and nine, or have a tie in there somewhere. So you're either finishing above 500 or below 500. There is no 500 anymore. 
the league ended that rightfully so uh it'd be it's just interesting to see if we finish uh positive 500 or negative 500 where we're gonna fit in that bubble you know because I could see us easily losing all the games and I could also see us easily sneaking a few of those games the Browns the Broncos Washington that gets us to nine can we get a tenth win can we beat the Broncos or can we beat the Colts or maybe even the Chargers? I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Everybody wants to dance and the big dance, but I don't really know what's gonna happen, you know, down this down the road here. So, uh, but it, but all said, uh, Thanksgiving kicked off. We had some ham, mashed potatoes, rolls, and I think some broccoli. And I gotta watch the Raiders. The Raiders beat themselves up so bad. I mean, it's crazy. We won that game fucking crazy we won that game um but yeah we beat the we beat the cowboys that was a good game that was a good game to watch now I mean, it was had everything you wanted penalties uh it had sacks it had good defense it had good offense it had a kickoff return it had deshaun jackson it had some big stars out there you know you know had zeke you had uh Dak Prescott, I mean, you got, you was in Dallas, big stadium, you know, the, the turkey ball. Uh, and just one of those things, man, like, you know, it was a good game. It was just a good game. The Raiders came out victorious. It went to overtime, you know, and it's just one of those things, man, so... I'm going to wrap this up, this episode up here. I'll catch you guys on the next one. You know, don't forget to follow me on Twitter, uh, perhaps Instagram and TikTok if you do that. And uh, we'll get this one loaded up here. I'll get it posted and then we'll get the other next one fired up. Spider-Man No Way Home's coming. The Matrix is coming. Uh, I got my Spider-Man tickets, so that's coming. We'll review that. Uh, I kind of want to watch the House of Gucci. I don't know if I'm going to. Got an action-packed month, so I got. I'm trying to see some lights. We'll see what happens. I'm out, you guys. I'll catch you guys on the next one. Later.